0: Hello. Welcome back. We're glad to see you made it. And for any newcomers, you may call me The Reader. I will be your host. Now, I know. We promised only one episode every other month. But it came to our attention that this particular month requires much more attention than that. So we're happy to announce that for the month of October, you will receive a three-part miniseries in the first three weeks of October. And then, we will celebrate our favorite holiday in style with a new Halloween classic on the 31st. We can't wait to show you how excited we are and if you notice an uptick in the number of strange occurrences in your neighborhood do not fret it's only us we are the movement in the corner of your eye gone before you can say what it is that you saw we are the rustling of leaves on a still night we are the unwanted thing But don't worry, we may bite, but that will be the least of your worries. This three-part series was written by Cameron Baker. We give you a friend indeed. It's quite easy to forget how much it hurts to get punched in the face. A blissful ignorance that most have come to know, save for professional fighters or amateur bar brawlers. Thirty-one-year-old Evan Melville was far from a practitioner of either profession and was actually quite proud of how few times that ignorance had been lifted in his lifetime. But, impressive streak or no, It's hard to ignore four knuckles crashing into your jaw, and it's no easier to ignore the pain from a steel-toed boot to the ribs the first, second, or even third time. Evan laid on the cool but unforgiving gravel in the parking lot, gasping and clutching his almost certainly broken ribs before being hauled up by his collar. His assailant slammed his back and head against the wall of the bar, The pain from the latest attack compounded with the others, knocking the wind from his lungs. He felt dizzy now, and the pain he felt nearly in his entire body was almost numb. Almost. He saw everything happening, but could no longer react. Everything seemed to be happening around him, not to him. But it was most certainly happening, nonetheless. The man that had him by the shirt was tall, with long brown hair, and a ponytail, and a braided beard. And was saying something, but Evan couldn't make out the words. His head rolled from side to side, neck struggling to support the weight of it. His eyes fluttered, consciousness coming and going at a moment's notice. The last thing he saw was the bearded man pull back his right fist, and in a well-practiced motion, bring it crashing towards the left side of his face. Evan lost consciousness almost the exact moment that Cliff's fist made contact with the defenseless man's cheek, and Cliff let his body drop from his left hand back to the gravel. I think he's had enough, he said. Holding his left palm out expectantly without looking away from the unconscious man, He felt a cloth hit his hand, and he began using it to clean the blood from his knuckles and between his fingers, as the other man spoke. "'Yeah,' the skinnier, bald man said with a sigh. "'Definitely takes the fun out of it. "'But it is what it is,' he said, throwing up his hands and shrugging his shoulders. Cliff only nodded in reply giving up on cleaning the blood from his hand with a dry rag and stuffing it into the pocket of his jeans. Walking over to where he had laid his vest on the large blue recycling bin stuffed with cardboard boxes, he said, I went to school with his brother. It's fucked up what happened, but... A man has to keep his word. Shaking his head, he grabbed the leather vest with a large patch on the back showing a skeletal demon on a motorcycle with the words Devil's Detail surrounding it, and put it on over what was once a spotless white T-shirt, now spattered with blood. Pinching the old shirt between his fingers and looking down at the bloodstains, he headed to the front of the bar where his motorcycle was parked, and announced, All right, I'm out of here. I'll catch up with you. I gotta get cleaned up. The other man replied as he followed. Well, what are we going to do with him after this? He gestured back at the unconscious man. I mean, what if he still doesn't pay up? Bad luck or not, he's not doing what he said he'd do. If this didn't get through his head, kind of only leaves one option. Cliff stopped at the end of the alley and looked back at Evan. I'm done with him. Tell him he's gotten to the end of the week when he wakes up. After that, it's up to you. With that, the two rounded the corner and left Evan alone on the gravel. Evan woke up to the sound of footsteps crunching on gravel. Hello, friend. You appear to have had a bit of a rough morning, a cheery, unfamiliar voice said. The effects of several nightcaps the evening before and a beating the following morning were taking a heavy toll on Evan's senses. The stranger's tone may have been friendly, but thanks to the ringing in his ears and the innumerable pains across his body, it served as a rude awakening, bringing him back to the conscious world against his will. It took several seconds and grunts of pain, but eventually Evan was able to prop himself up against the wall. "'staring in the direction that the unknown voice had come from with blurred vision. "'It wasn't particularly bright that day, "'but it was bright enough that in combination with a hangover "'and what was very likely a concussion, "'the painful, blurry prose to opening his eyes were outweighed by the cons. "'So Evan just closed his eyes and replied, "'Didn't your mama tell you not to talk to strangers?' "'Pausing to spit blood and check to see if his jaw hurt to the touch. "'It did.' a lot. Especially strangers bleeding in an alley, he finished. The stranger just laughed and spoke once again in a cheery, friendly voice. No, I'm afraid she didn't, which might just be the lucky break you've been looking for. Luck, a word that rarely applied itself to Evan. He hadn't considered himself lucky since he won a bicycle and a raffle. He had been in elementary school, and even that got stolen within a week. Luck was a word that meant very little to him, and he was beginning to care less and less about entertaining this stranger. Yeah, luckiest guy in the world right here, he said, grunting as he stood, ignoring a helping hand from the well dressed stranger. Now on his feet, but still leaning against the wall, he made a gesture with his hand that was similar to a lazy salute. Well, thanks for waking me up, I guess, he said. But I should get. I'm late for an appointment. Aha, yes. Back to the grindstone, as they say. Well, I'm sure I'll see you around, the stranger with a sprightly voice said to Evan's back. Yeah, sure. "'Evan thought to himself as he walked away. "'You fucking weirdo.' "'When you drink as regularly as Evan did, "'they did start to seem like scheduled appointments, "'for which Evan was rarely late. "'Perhaps my luck is turning,' he laughed to himself. "'I may have got my ass kicked, "'but I got my ass kicked outside of a bar. "'The Crossroads was the only bar for miles, "'the only standing structure, really.' The building itself was modest. It looked similar to a small red barn with a tin roof and a large gravel parking lot, with one small white sign that said Crossroads Bar and Grill, in about the most plain black font you could think of. State Route 14 connected the small Indiana town to one of its bigger cities, and it was quite busy. That, combined with the fact that it was the only bar for miles, advertisement or large flashing signs weren't needed for the crossroads. Everyone knew it was here, and everyone knew what you'd find there. Most of the time, it was just a place to come get a surprisingly well-cooked burger and a cheap beer. And on Fridays, they served all-you-can-eat fried fish dinners, also of surprisingly good quality. As long as the sun was shining, families would come in for lunch or breakfast, enjoying an admittedly underwhelming salad bar. But when the sun went down, The restaurant side was more or less shut down, and the bar became a biker-filled saloon, packed to the gills with unregistered weapons and quote-unquote real country blaring through the stereo equipment that long ago needed an update. Most people that came got along, but there were the occasional take-it-outside moments, and often they came back in bloodied but with the problem resolved. Evan had just experienced a take-it-outside moment of his own. But unfortunately, his problem had not yet been resolved. Taking a deep breath, he pulled open the old door by its very old, very fake and fading gold handle and stepped into the establishment. The bar was in the back, so you had to walk through the restaurant to get there. On his way through, he received many disapproving looks and head shakes from the blue hairs that came out for breakfast this morning. He knew some of the early morning patrons, which made this walk of shame all the more shameful. Mrs. Miller had known him his entire life. She glared at him through large, round, thick glasses. Mrs. Miller was quite the gossip. So the hope that his current struggles wouldn't be public knowledge was no longer worth hanging on to. The floor of the place felt like plywood, covered with the thinnest layer of fabric that was barely passing for carpet and the sound of each step sounded like a thunderstorm between his ears. When you entered the bar, the floor switched to an unvarnished but otherwise well-kept hardwood floor, with several rugs advertising light beer scattered about. It wasn't the most direct route to the bar, but the rugs dulled the roar of his footsteps, so he meandered around the pool tables, avoiding bare floor when he could, and sat at the end of the bar next to a several-year-old calendar with a picture of some football team on it. They had probably won something, but Evan didn't care. He just wanted a drink. Though nothing in the bar was new, it was mostly well cared for. The wooden bar tub had its scrapes and discolored portions from years of near-constant use, but the place was clean, thanks in large part to its keeper, Jeremy. Jeremy was Evan's oldest friend. They'd grown up together and maintained a close relationship their entire lives. Jeremy had curly brown hair and an unkempt beard. He stood a little over six feet tall and was built like an offensive lineman. In fact, he had played football through high school and even a short stint at a small local university before his knees forced him into an early retirement. He was well liked by most, and although he was known to have a kind heart, His ability to end fights and end them quickly was equally well known. Jeremy's trademark smile was absent on this morning from his round, bearded face. Instead, his face was filled with disbelief and sadness upon Evan's arrival. Jesus Christ, he said. What the fuck is going on with you, man? Evan feigned surprise and replied. This has to be the worst customer service I've ever received. I'd like to speak to the manager. Jeremy shook his head. Bill ain't here, so you get to deal with me. Evan laughed. Well, do your worst, Germ. Germ, or Jeremy, was a nickname Evan had accidentally given Jeremy when they were younger. He couldn't pronounce it properly, and it always came out Jeremy. But if you were going to hit me, Can you pour me some of your finest cheap whiskey first? I've got a wicked headache. Jeremy sighed and shook his head as he reached for a whiskey bottle from the bottom shelf of the bar and two shot glasses. Are you going to tell me what's going on or what? Evan shrugged. I fell. What, into a bunch of fists? Jeremy replied, placing the now two full shot glasses on the bar top. The two wordlessly raised their glasses and downed the whiskey. Then Jeremy spoke with a grimace as he poured another round. Just cut the shit, man. What's going on? The two threw back the second round of shots in Evanside, looking at his reflection in the mirror behind the bar. Remember how you told me not to borrow money from Cliff? Jeremy's jaw dropped before he replied. You gotta be fucking kidding me. They did this to you? Why didn't you ask me? How much did you even fuck... Evan raised his hand to stop his friend from talking as he interrupted him. Don't worry about me. I just had to borrow a little money to get us through this rough patch. I haven't even spent all of it. It was the stranger from the alley, with that same too friendly smile. Evan resumed the conversation. I'll be fine. All right. I just didn't want to bother you with it. This is my problem. "'One more for the road?' he asked. Holding up the shot glass, Jeremy reluctantly poured. "'Don't give me that shit. And no offense, but you aren't making any money right now. So how are you even going to pay him back?' The stranger was pulling out a stool a few feet away, so he spoke more quietly. "'Just tell me how much you need. That's what friends are for.' "'Indeed. And could I trouble you for a drink, friend?' "'I'll have whatever he's having,' the stranger said not at all hiding the fact that he had been eavesdropping. Both Jeremy and Evan were visibly irritated by the intrusion. But Jeremy obliged and poured three more shots of whiskey. You two know each other? he asked, and Evan quickly answered, addressing the stranger more than his friend. No, and when I told you not to talk to strangers, that didn't mean follow me into the bar and buy me a drink. But I'm not one to turn down a free drink. Raising his glass, the stranger laughed and replied, A wise decision, but I never said it was free. I'm here with a business opportunity. You can consider this drink a signing bonus. Jeremy and Evan exchanged glances, but before Evan could open his mouth, they heard someone call out from the front of the bar. Well, well, if it isn't Sleeping Beauty. They all turned their heads to look, and Evan couldn't imagine anyone he wanted to see less than this man. Donnie was bald, in his mid-forties, with a graying goatee. He was the man that spoke, and walked in the front of the group of men wearing matching leather vests. He was also the man that watched Cliff beat him to a pulp outside this morning. The other stayed by the door, but Donnie came over and placed a hand on Evan's bruised shoulder, squeezing slightly, but with enough force to cause Evan to grimace. Me and the guys came to check on you, Looked like you had a rough night last night. Just wanted to make sure you remembered our agreement. He squeezed a little harder, and Evan spoke hurriedly. Oh yeah, yeah. Wouldn't forget. Well, that's kind of the problem. You did forget. Let's just make sure you don't forget again. In my experience, head trauma is a surefire way to make someone start to forget things. Perhaps you should reconsider the way you like to administer your little reminders. Evan and Jeremy's eyes grew wide as they stared in shock at the stranger, who either didn't know who he was talking to or had an army waiting outside. And although Evan was sporting some significant head injuries, he didn't recall seeing any armies. To their surprise, Donnie just laughed. You look lost, pal, so I'll help you out. Evan here made a deal with the devils, but he didn't come through. He now made eye contact with Evan as he spoke with the stranger. But now he knows. He's got to the end of the week, right? Evan nodded. Deals with devils, the stranger said wryly. How unwise. Might I ask the terms of this deal? Donnie no longer seemed amused and quickly replied. Seems like you still don't know where you are So I'll give you a little advice Around here The devils don't answer questions We don't play games And we sure as fuck ain't scared of you So next time I see you You'd best keep your mouth shut The stranger raised his hands and replied I meant no harm, I promise The next time you see me I'll be on my best behavior We'll see you around, Evan, Donnie spat. Keep your friend on a fucking leash from now on. Before walking out of the door with the rest of the devil's detail. What the fuck is your problem? Evan said to the stranger. You're gonna get us both killed. I'd say you are well on your way to that end on your own, the stranger laughed. But that's why I'm here. I see you as an investment opportunity. I want to help you get back on your feet. All you have to do is say the word. Evan and Jeremy exchanged glances again before Evan laughed and said, Look, man, if you think you can save me, you're in way over your head. The stranger didn't laugh now. His voice took a serious tone for the first time. Again, you hear what I'm not saying, Mr. Melville. I have no interest in saving you. I'm here on business. With that, he raised his glass and began speaking. Again, the pleasantness in his voice had returned. Say the word, and I'll solve all your problems. All I ask is a favor from you of my choosing in the future. Do we have a deal? Silence followed. Evan didn't recall telling him his last name, and he pondered on that for a moment. For several seconds, Evan and the stranger locked eyes without speaking. Eventually, Jeremy felt so awkward he tried to break the tension with the joke. Sounds like the new guy has a thing for you, Ev. Might be the lesser of two evils. <laughs> he laughed uncomfortably. I'm hardly that, the stranger spoke without looking away from Evan again. The stranger spoke without looking away from Evan. Again, the softness had left his voice. Do we have a deal? A few more moments passed. Evan looked to Jeremy, who had an amused look on his face. But that amusement faded as Jeremy saw Evan raise his glass to meet the strangers. What the hell, Evan said. Not like things can get any worse. The Devil's Detail led by cliff we're headed to the crossroads the evenings in october had gotten cooler but the devils were going to take every opportunity to ride that they could before winter came they rounded a corner when cliff saw men standing in the road so we brought the group to a stop the idling engines roared the only sound in the night get the fuck out of the road Are you trying to get killed cliff shouted at that moment donny to the right of cliff Noticed the man on the road was the stranger from the bar. But before he could say anything, the man on the road spoke. He didn't raise his voice, but somehow, Donnie heard him perfectly over the thundering engines. You were right. We devils do hate answering questions. But we love games. Let's play one of my favorites. It's called Don't Look Behind You rules are simple. I'm going to turn around and count to ten. Your goal is to touch my right shoulder, and you have until the sun rises to do so. But you can only move when I'm not looking. And I can only move in darkness. If I catch you before you touch my shoulder, well, let's not spoil the fun. He spun around on his heel and began counting. One, two, Three. Cliff shouted, All right, somebody fucking get this clown. Several men began climbing from their motorcycles and walking toward the man in the road, but only managed a few steps before he finished counting. Eight. Nine. Ten. Here I come. The engines all stopped abruptly, and the headlights illuminating the man in the road cut off. There were a few seconds of near silence with only a few confused murmurs as the men looked around in the near pitch black. The only thing visible were a few metallic parts of the motorcycles glinting in the moonlight. The silence was broken by screams and snapping, gurgling sounds, metal scraping and bending, footsteps blindly and futilely running on blacktop. In a matter of moments the devil's detail had been reduced to a mere heap of metal and body parts, with one laughing devil left standing. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed Part 1 of A Friend Indeed, written by Cameron Baker. Be sure to subscribe to catch all future episodes. Share us on social media and leave a rating and review to help us reach new listeners. Thank you again. You'll be hearing from us very soon.